Well, welcome to the latest ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. We're working our way through some of the questions that members have submitted, which has been really fun. Uh, A lot of these are really, really good questions. One of them seems very apropos, given what we've been through and are still going through this week. What are the potential long-term consequences of the increasing public debt levels in major economies, and what strategies should governments adopt to manage and mitigate these risks? So, as you're all well aware, we've gone through that exercise of political silliness caused by having to raise the debt ceiling. We are the only country in the world that does this. Every other country in the world has the same issues we have, which is how do you set a budget? You've got to get an idea of how much money you have coming in and then decide how much you're going to spend. Every government in the world has a tendency to spend more than they have. They usually go through this exercise during the budget process. We don't. We go through a budget. We come up with a budget that is not sustainable. We then appropriate the money that we can't sustain. And then we decide if we're going to honor the commitments that were made in the budget, which is just downright ludicrous. I mean, we end up going through this exercise every so often, and it always ends the same. Lots of drama, lots of political grandstanding, and then surprise, we come to a conclusion at the very end. The issues are dead serious. We have to figure out what we want to do as far as spending and raising revenue. There's got to be a balance. Every government has to do it. We do it as individuals. We do it as businesses. And we generally do it in one of two ways. We either decide that we have this much money and therefore we can spend this much money according to how much money our company is earning or how much we as individuals are earning. We can look at it a different way and say, okay, here's all the stuff I want to do. This is all the stuff I want to buy. I need to make more money. I need to make more money on the side. I need to get a different job. I need to find a way to finance what it was I want to do. Governments have this unique ability to say, well, we're not going to play by either of those rules. We're going to decide that we want to spend all this money, and then we're going to resist raising revenue through taxes, and we're just going to borrow. We're essentially going to use our MasterCard to pay our visa. And it's not sustainable. You know, if you look at the debt levels that governments are facing around the world, they're all miserable. The United States is currently looking at about 135% of its GDP in debt. But if you compare it to other countries, we're doing better than most. China has a debt-to-GDP ratio of 280%. Japan is 260%. The average in Europe is 180%. We're the most fiscally responsible developed country in the world, and that is terrifying. So we all do it. We all have the same political allergy. You do not have a politician alive that wants to cut spending, particularly when you look at where most of the spending takes place. The biggest category is not only for the United States, but for other countries, Social Security or pensions of some kind, Medicare, Medicaid, some kind of public health. Those are the number one, two, and three categories in the United States. Number four is the military. Number five is debt service. And that's the number one issue when it comes to debt in the United States. Every other country 
runs into a problem sooner or later when their debt gets excessive because they have a very hard time selling their bonds. The way that the government raises money is it sells bonds. It sells T-bills in the case of the United States. There is always a market for treasuries, so the U.S. can always sell more treasuries. There's never been a doubt that there's a demand for these. They're the most coveted bonds in the world. If you remember a few years ago, Greece got into serious debt problem. They tried to sell their bonds. They couldn't. They had been downgraded to junk status because, well, they weren't worth very much anymore. And we never run into that. Our problem is that we owe the people who bought our bonds. And if you look at the purchasing, 40% of the bonds that are outstanding are owned by the U.S. government and the Fed itself, about 40%. 30% is owned by foreign investors, 30% is owned by domestic investors. Of the foreign investors, the number one holder of our debt is Japan, number two is China, number three is Luxembourg, of all places. But those are the, those are the obligations, those are the, the debts that we have to pay, that's debt service. So every year, we're paying out between 400 and 500 billion dollars every year in debt service. <clears throat> that amount of money is significant and it takes a huge chunk out of our federal budget every year. At some point, every country has to figure out what it needs to do. It either has to cut spending or it has to raise revenue. Both of those are the third rail of politics. Nobody is going to want to cut spending for things like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Nobody is enthusiastic about taxes. And so every year we go through this ludicrous process of saying, hey, we don't want to cut spending, but hey, we don't want to raise revenue either. So what policy has to be implemented? Well, it's biting the bullet and doing two unpopular things at the same time. We're going to have to look very hard at how we spend our money. And given the fact that these are these large entitlement categories, those become targets. You have to look at Social Security, you have to look at Medicare, you have to look at Medicaid, as desperately unpopular as that's going to be. When Social Security was created in this country, the average lifespan was late 60s. People literally thought, well, you know, retirement is 65, people will be drawing maybe two, three, four years, and then they'll obediently die. Well, now, if you use those same demographic tables, retirement would be like 85. Well, no one's going to go for that. No one's going to say, well, you know, I know you thought you could retire at 65. Nope, you got 20 more years. That's not going to happen. At some point, we have to look at all kinds of very unpopular options, means testing, you know, reducing payouts, who knows, it's not it's not even being seriously discussed at this stage. Revenue raising, well, it's who you're going to tax and how much are you going to tax? I mean, you get a lot of conversation about tax the rich. Well, who's rich and who isn't? And what do you expect the rich to do with their money? They're going to stay awake nights finding ways to keep it from being taxed. It is not an easy situation to confront, but at some point we have to. We're not hopefully going to go through this debt ceiling idiocy indefinitely. I mean, at some point, we just have to 
force the politicians to say, look, deal with this during the budget. That's when you're supposed to. Don't go for this dramatic posturing that we go through every so often. It's, it's ludicrous. Do your job. Do what is required during a budgeting process. If I sound a little irritated, that's because I am. It really distracts people from the fundamental message. And it's a message that we have to take seriously, and it's happening everywhere in the world. You know, the French trying to decide when people can actually retire, the Germans looking at their pension system, the British looking at their health care system, Japan looking at what do you do when you have a population that is overwhelmingly elderly. Nobody is escaping from this conversation, and nobody has particularly good solutions at this stage. So... There you go. At some point, there's actually a couple of websites out there that you can play around with. If you were in control of the budget, what would you cut? And it sounds really easy until you start actually trying to do it. And it's like, oh my God, there is no easy way to do this. Nope, there never was. So with that, I'm going to leave you with this happy thought. And who knows what I'll talk about next week. I've got some real doozies coming up that we can discuss in future podcasts. Thanks for listening.